That is the happiest video. I'm kind of sad that it's going to be like, that's the last week we're ever going to use that. And it's very sad. So I hope you enjoyed it. Um, how is everyone this morning? Doing good? Awake? Alive? Kind of? On the count of three, I want you to yell out what you want for Christmas. Think about it. Think about it. One, two, three. I heard socks. <laughs> Was that you? Socks are always good. I don't know what I want yet, and I keep thinking about it. So if somebody thinks of something really awesome that I need in my life, let me know. So we are in our last week of the problem with Christmas. Boo, we're almost done, but we've learned so much. Um, this is kind of a funny title because I don't normally think about there being a ton of problems with Christmas. Christmas is a holiday that is surrounded by joy and life and love and celebration and tradition. But this series is all about the ways that Christmas changed things, um, the ways that Jesus' birth changed the story of history and the culture and what was happening and what, um, what is happening to us today. So Christmas changed everything. Um, and we've talked about how Christmas changed history, how it changed um, the course of where um, history was going, right? We talked about how there wasn't any hope before, but the birth of Jesus brought us so much hope that we didn't have before. And so today... We're going to talk about how Christmas changed what we think is possible. Christmas changed what we think is possible. Um, if you think of something being impossible, you probably think of um, a flying, maybe, we don't know, humans flying. You think of what else? What do you think of? What are things that are impossible? Walking on water? Breathing underwater, that's a good one, yeah. Time travel, yes. There are lots of things that when we think about them, we're like, that would never happen. There's no way that would ever occur in any planet anywhere. Um, when I think of something being impossible, I think of this story that brings me back to middle school, where I have never felt like something is more impossible than it was. Um, so when I was in middle school, I was your age, really, seventh or eighth grade, um, I really wanted to run track, but I didn't want to run. I wanted to do the hurdles because I just thought that that was really cool. I don't know why. I just thought that would be awesome. So I tried out for hurdles, and I really wasn't good at all. I was actually really bad. And so they were like, you know what? We still want you on the team, but we want you to run a very long distance instead. And I was like, no, this is not what I signed up for. I wanted to do hurdles. Um, but they put me in the mile and the mile and a half. And I said, boo, this was not what I wanted. But it's okay. So I thought, maybe I'll be good at this. I will try it. Well, it turns out I hated it. Every single meet, I hated it so much. Especially because the mile was the first race of the meet. And the mile and a half was the last meet. The last race of the meet. So I had to run this really long race at the beginning, wait like a bazillion hours, and then run this really long race at the end. And it was the worst. So picture me midway through the season. I have already faked being sick twice for two meets because I hated it that much. I don't recommend that. Don't do that. That was 
lying, <laughs> wrong. But I hated to run those races. And so I faked being sick twice. So here I am, the very last meet of the season. And I know that I am not going to run track the next season. This is going to be it for me. I'm going to call it quits. But it's my last race. So I think to myself, this feels impossible. Finishing this race and getting out there and standing on the finish line seems absolutely impossible. But I'm going to give it my best try. So I am three laps in of the six laps that I have to run. And I remember thinking, this is impossible. I cannot finish this race. And I think about what would happen if I just fell over right here. Everyone would feel sorry for me. It would be great. I could just keel over, act like I tripped. Someone tripped me. I would get lots of help. They would carry me to the ice bucket location. They would feed me Gatorade. It would be wonderful. But feed it to me. You don't eat your Gatorade? Weird. <laughs> um, and so I finish one more lap. I'm on lap four of six, and I'm still thinking about how impossible it is. And I think about what if I just pretended to throw up on the side of this race right here? I could totally do that, and I wouldn't have to finish this race. But all of a sudden, something ignites in me. I think to myself, Sarah, this is your last race you're ever going to have to run. And something changes within me. It is a new fire and I finished that race. I crossed the finish line, and I never did it again. But it became possible. Something that I thought was very impossible, I did it. And I will tell you, I went on to run more races, just not track, because it's the worst. Um, so there's been times in life where I think, I, don't, I cannot imagine this actually happening, or this, um, this actually becoming a possibility. Maybe you have those things in your life that you think, this is impossible, this will never happen. Um, and if we look at the Christmas story, there is a lot about it that seems like it's impossible. Um, most of you, you know the Christmas story, we've been talking about it the last few weeks. Um, but there's so much around it that just seems like this could never occur. Like, this is not how the king of the world was supposed to come into the world. Like, if you think about um, the, king, the savior of the world coming um, as in the form of a baby. Some people would have said, that's impossible. There's no way. They pictured him to be some warrior, strong king, but he comes as a baby in a manger, and that seems impossible. Um, if you think about the angel Gabriel who came to Mary and told her that she was going to become pregnant with Jesus, just even the fact that there's an angel standing in her home telling her um, what is going to happen through her, that seems impossible. We're going to learn a little bit more about Mary today and just her response to Gabriel coming and telling her that um, the Savior of the world is going to be born through her and her reaction to that. Um, her reaction to me seems like not how I would respond at all because there's so much around it that is impossible, that could never happen. But she believes that God's word is true, that the message that he's bringing her is going to come true. So everything about Jesus' birth seemed impossible. Um, we're going to read in Luke 1. It's Luke 1, 46 through 55. And I'm going to put it up on the screen for you so you can follow along. But what's happening in this passage is um, Gabriel has already come. The angel has come. And he's told Mary, you're um, going to be the mother of Jesus. 
the savior of the world is going to be born through you, but you're not married yet. So she thinks, how is that even possible? That is an impossibility, right? But she says, okay, and this is her response. So it says this, Mary responded, oh, how my soul praises the Lord, how my spirit rejoices in God, my savior. For he took notice of his lowly servant girl, and from now on, all generations will call me blessed. For the mighty one is holy, and he has done great things for me. He shows mercy from generation to generation to all who fear him. His mighty arm has done tremendous things. He has scattered the proud and haughty ones. He has brought down princes from their thrones and exalted the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away with empty hands. He has helped his servant Israel and remembered to be merciful, for he made his promise to our ancestors, to Abraham and his children forever. So what you need to know about this passage is at first when the angel comes, Mary is afraid, right? She was planning to get married to Joseph. She had this whole plan in mind. But then this angel comes and he tells her, you're going to be pregnant with Jesus, so there's that. (laughs) And what do you do in that situation? She was obviously disturbed and confused and just wondering how this is even possible. Um, But we see in a few verses later her response. Um, And her response is one of praise, right? She starts telling God who he is and that um, she's just a lowly servant girl, right? She's um, somebody who didn't mean much to the world. She was humble. She was um, just didn't have much, but God chose to use her to bring Jesus into the world. So God's purposes and his plans for us are much bigger than we could ever think possible. We see that from Mary. Um, She never would have thought that Jesus would have come through her, right? But his plans and his purposes for her were so much bigger. Um, Christmas changes what we think is possible, right? We see that in the Christmas story. Things that were impossible become possible because of God. Um, There's a verse in Jeremiah that, I'll put up on the screen for you. Um, but it says this, Jeremiah 32, 17. O sovereign Lord, you made the heavens and earth by your strong hand and powerful arm. Nothing is too hard for you. Um, so that's, the, that's what I want you to cling to today. Nothing is too hard for God. Um, when we look at our life, when we look at um, maybe what his purposes are for us or what we think his plans are for us, a lot of times they're going to seem impossible, right? And that's because we need God to work through us and to help us and to make those plans and purposes become a reality. Um, Nothing is too hard for God. That's what the Christmas story is all about, that a story that seemed impossible and the intricacies around the Christmas story, even just think about the star and the big star leading people to Bethlehem to see Jesus, that all seems impossible. But we know that God was in it, that he was working Um, And I hope when you think about your story and um, some of the things that you think God is going to do through you or maybe um, a situation at school or in your family that just seems impossible and like maybe that God can't restore it, we can trust that he does impossible things. Um, If I think about my own story and I think back to when I was your age and in high school, um, I, (laughs) I grew up in the church, right? And my mom would bring me to youth group and I hated it because it was so big and there was nobody that I really wanted to talk to and I felt kind of like an outcast. Um, So when I think back to youth group, I remember really hating it. 
But now I look at my life now and that's what I do every single day of my life. <laughs> and I love it. It's my passion. And so if I look at that story of um, starting in a place of not liking the church, not wanting to be here, and now 20 years later doing this every day, I think that's kind of impossible that God would make that come to be, right? But he does things like that. And he'll do that in your story too. Um, there's two things I want to point out about Mary that I think are important and that I think um, help her, helped her story become possible, something that was impossible. There's two responses that I think are really significant. One is her humility. So when I say humility, I mean having a right view of herself, right? She doesn't think of herself as um, big or proud, and she doesn't think of herself as small and worthless either. She just thinks of herself as a woman who's going to be used by God, right? Um, we see that in the verse before the passage I read. It's um, Luke 1.45. It says this, You are blessed because you believe that the Lord would do what he said. You are blessed because you believed that the Lord would do what he said. So that's about Mary. He, she believed that God would do what he said, and that was what was so significant. So her humility and also her faith. Um, both of those things point to her humility and faith. She believed that what God had spoken to her would come true, and she just allowed that to be real in her life. Um, so as I close out today, those are the two things I want you to think about. What is God doing in my life? Are there things that seem impossible and maybe that they could never become true or, or possible in my life? And then am I responding with faith and humility? Am I allowing God um, to use my story, to um, use the situation to bring him glory? And that's what Mary did. She, Gabriel came to her telling her that something was going to happen that seemed impossible to her. But she just allowed it to be. She allowed God to work. Um, so I'm going to pass it on to Bailey this morning. We're going to close out in worship, which is a little bit different. Um, but I think when we look at Mary's story, she responded in worship. She um, saw what God was doing, and she responded with praise. And so that's what I think we should do this morning. I think we should close out with praise, remind God um, that we trust him, that we have faith in him, that in the Christmas season that we just trust that the impossible can become possible through him. So I'm going to pray, and I'm going to pass it off to Bailey. Lord, thank you so much um, just that you make impossible things possible. Um, the Christmas story points to who you are and how you are working in ways that we can't even fathom or imagine, Lord. I just pray that you would remind us that when we feel like we're up against the wall or like things feel impossible, that you are with us and that you are working, Lord. Please just give us faith in this season and um, just humility to respond to the ways that you are calling us. We love you so much. In Jesus' name I pray.